0: the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan and I'm joined by Xamarin developer evangelist Mike James. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. Pierce, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, just in a typical Alabama summer, nice and hot and humid, but in a few months I'll be up in Boston. I'm actually moving up to Boston to join the Xamarin Boston office at the beginning of September, so I'm pretty pumped about that.
1: Very nice. I'm sure it'll be the complete opposite, so snow all the time. <laughs>
0: Probably. Probably the exact opposite of what it's going to be doing in Alabama. So that'll be quite an adjustment. So with that, let's get started with This Week in Xamarin. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've done our last podcast. I was on vacation, and Mike's been traveling quite a bit as well. Yep. Um, we last did our WWDC and Google I.O. podcast, and in the last few weeks, a lot has happened in the .NET and Xamarin world. Uh, for starters, if you've heard of Xamarin University, if you haven't, it's basically a live interactive mobile development training program uh, in a time zone near you. So they have classes all over the world and all different subjects, from beginner subjects to advanced subjects. And before, if you wanted to try Zamu, you kind of had to go all in. You had to just commit to it and start taking classes. Well, now there's a 30-day trial period, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, with that, there's two classes in cor- included, an orientation, which is basically going to introduce you into the uh, Xamarin University program and talk a little bit about what Xamarin University is and how it works and that sort of thing. And you'll also get an introduction to the Xamarin Forms class. Um, and like I said, these are totally live, so you can ask questions to an instructor, that sort of thing. If you're new to mobile development or if you just want to try out XAMU, you should definitely check it out. I, I know I've been taking some classes at XAMU and I'm loving them so far. Uh, they're a couple hours long. Someone like me who's been doing Xamarin development for three years, I learned something even in some of the introduction classes. They're jam-packed full of knowledge and they're pretty awesome. Uh, but there's been some other announcements too, hasn't there, Mike?
1: Oh, that sure has. Uh, so if you're an existing Xamarin subscriber, then you've probably already heard of Xamarin TestCloud. Well, we're opening this up to you. So included with your Xamarin business or enterprise, or I think even indie, you get 60 minutes per month to use TestCloud for free. And that's like 1600 physical devices in a warehouse in Denmark that you can use for free. To test your application, so there really isn't any reason right now not to be using Test Cloud and to be building, you know, five-star quality apps. Yeah,
0: and this is big because uh, you can test your. If maybe you don't have all the different devices, especially on Android, although on iOS fragmentation is also slowly becoming an issue with the release of new versions and new devices and that sort of thing. You can instead of going to the store and buying all these devices, you can just write some tests, upload your app into Xamarin Test Cloud, and test it on all those devices. And you can find some really specific errors like, hey, on this GPU, this particular GPU, my app fails. So you can find some things that may have been really, really difficult to find before. And that's in addition to uh, Test, which is a free library that Xamarin ships that allows you to write UI tests, similar to unit tests, um, in C-sharp. And you can run those locally on a uh, simulator or if you have a Xamarin subscription on a device. Uh, So really, if you're new to building apps or you're building apps already, you should be using Xamarin.ui test or Xamarin test cloud or even both in conjunction, and uh, your app won't have any quality issues, that's for sure. And that's in addition to Xamarin Insight. So, with all those together, man, you can really have a five star quality app.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as you say, with everything together, you can avoid those user reviews where they come on and they say, it don't work. You know, that can be a thing of the past. You're going to get five star app reviews, which is what we all want. <laughs>
0: that's. That's my favorite type of review when you go through the App Store reviews. It don't work. So, Or, or my second favorite is, this is awesome, one star. That's also fairly common. So in addition, yeah. on the last podcast, or the last couple of podcasts, we talked a little bit about iOS 9. And we recently released an iOS <coughs> 9 preview. Uh, so you can start messing with all the new APIs, all the new bits. This is available in the Alpha channel today, so go check it out. If you don't know all the cool stuff that's in iOS 9, there's a lot. Uh, We wrote a blog post um, with all the new cool things coming in iOS 9, including multitasking, all those sorts of things. And we also covered it in the WWDC special edition Xamarin podcast that we recorded about a month ago. If you're unfamiliar with the latest announcements in iOS 9, go check that out. In addition, uh, this time of year seems to be the big time of year for uh, API previews. Android is also, the Android M preview is also available in the alpha channel. Um, So if you want to get these bits, if you're within Xamarin Studio, you can just click the little Xamarin Studio name, scroll down to check for updates and change your channel to the Alpha channel, and you can get all the latest updates from Android M and iOS 9.
1: And as well as that, Visual Studio 2015 is going to be released on the 20th of July, so it's really soon. Um, And that also includes Xamarin built-in, so you don't have to go to xamarin.com forward slash download in order to get us installed, we're just going to be there by default. Now, I should note that by default you're just going to get the Starter Edition, and the Starter Edition limits you to, I think, 128,000 lines of IL. You can build some great little test projects. You're not going to be building entire applications that are going to solve all of your business problems. But you are gonna be able to get a feel for the technology and then perhaps, you know, upgrade to indie or business or enterprise, whatever license you actually want to have.
0: Yeah, and in addition, if you wanna see, you know, maybe some of the types of apps that can be built with Xamarin Starter Edition, just go to Xamarin.com forward slash starter. Mike actually built a My Step Counter application and then James wanted to Magno port it to Android. It's a really, really good example of the type of apps that you can build with Xamarin Starter Edition. So that's really cool That that's baked right into the installer, that means a lot of new people will be getting their hands on Xamarin, which is always good. So that's it for this week in Xamarin. Um, Although this next thing we're about to talk about also kind of is this week in Xamarin. A big announcement happened this week. Oracle announced in conjunction with Xamarin that they have decided to become technology partners for the launch of the Oracle Mobile Cloud Service, or Oracle MCS. And so with this... Uh, there's a new component in the Xamarin Component Store. So if you already have an existing Oracle ba- mobile cloud service backend, or maybe you're looking to look into some new backends uh, for your app or a new backend for your upcoming app, uh, this might be a good one to check out. Uh, so the Oracle Mobile Cloud Service component has pretty much everything you would expect in a back-end. Uh, so they have authentication for users, that sort of thing. Data storage, of course, uh, with CRUD operations, there's offline sync, push notifications. And even some analytics baked right in. Um, you can even do things like custom APIs. So maybe you want to extend things a bit. Uh, you can do that as well. So that's a great announcement. Uh, in addition to all the other uh, mobile backends that Xamarin supports, so whatever you're building your app with, whatever backend or whatever existing backend you have, Xamarin can be a front end for that backend, pretty much uh, without exception. Uh, there's a whole bunch of backends supported. And so in the podcast today, we want to go through some of our experiences with those backends, specifically Parse and uh, Microsoft Azure. Uh, Both of us have pretty extensive experience with them. And so with that, uh, Mike is going to tell us a little bit about an app he's building uh, with a Parse backend.
1: Yeah, so I'm building a beer app. So this app is designed to allow me to track the beers that I'm drinking um, and hopefully be able to get suggestions from other people that are drinking similar kind of beers to me. Now, to me, a back-end is a necessity. I don't, you know, I don't really want to be focused on bits that the user doesn't see. I just want to be building great user experiences. And Parse allows me to do that because the API is super simple. I, I haven't found another back-end service that allows me to have such a nice, you know, .NET-friendly API in order to interact with it. I don't have to worry about, you know, a billion different services and how they all link together. I don't have to do any server-side scripting unless I actually want to. It's, you know, it's not forced on me, which I think, you know, is pretty important because there are so many services out there now that require such amount of work just to get started with them. I'm not going to name the one that I'm thinking of. Um, but, you know, you get to choose from a billion different backends. And then the documentation, you'll find docs for one bit of the back end that's, you know, been implemented in JavaScript. And then you go and look for the C-sharp version and it doesn't exist. So I think, you know, less is more in a lot of these cases, especially for me with backends. I want just a product that you know, does one thing really well. And Parse, you know, it, it does its core functionality really, really well. Um, but you're still able to use advanced features. You know, you can use, they call it cloud code. So you can upload some JavaScript and run some uh, code uh, actually on the server. You can schedule jobs. Uh, you can do that in the background. Um, you can manage global app settings. You can manage global app settings so this is pretty cool Um, so let's say you've got a background image that is your welcome screen and you want to change that image for a holiday let's say it's going to be christmas and you want to show a christmas version of the welcome image well you just go ahead and upload that new welcome image and when the app launches Parse is going to go and fetch that and display it so you don't have to ship a whole new version of your app to make these minor little tweaks within uh, your application which is pretty fun. Um and as well you you know you've got config options and webhooks. Uh so you're not limited but as I say that the entry barrier or or the learning curve into PARS is is so shallow it's so easy to get started. Uh that's kind of the reason why I love it. And of course you still got things like push notifications um and a really great web portal as well to go and look at the data and see you know uh, see all the tables and make edits in there and filter them and see how people are actually using your application. So I'm a big fan of PARs. As I say, I'm using it for this beer app that I'm building, but I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to continue down that route. Um, and the reason I say that is just this one problem. of I started uh, the beer app with the idea of this needs to work offline. And the PARs API doesn't have offline support yet. I'm not sure if it will do. Um, and that's a real, you know, that's a deal breaker for me on this app. i built apps using PARS before where that wasn't a deal breaker, you know, when it's expected that you're going to be connected to the internet 100% of the time. Um, but in those situations, you know, where you can be in a dungy basement of a pub and you go ahead and add a beer... Well, I still want to be able to add that beer without, you know, having to push it to the cloud. And I don't want to have to hold on to it myself and deal with writing that, you know, uh, offline sync. Because, you know, syncing data across multiple devices, that's a huge, huge undertaking to do, especially cross-platform. And that's not, you know, that's not why I wanted to start building the beer app. I didn't want to build that to have to write syncing code. I wanted to just build a great little app. So I'm not sure if I'll continue with Pars, but right now, um, it's by far my favourite solution um, to the problem of, you know, keeping multiple devices in sync. Um, but as I say, it's got to be connected, um, which is that is that one problem for me. But we'll see. We'll see uh, if I find something, an alternative to Pars that works equally as well and has such a fantastic API because that, as I say, that is a real drawing point with PARS. that it's its API is so easy to get started with. If I can find another service that has that kind of great level of features and the API is that easy, then, you know, I'll jump ship. I don't think that exists. I think, you know, I'm going to be using PARS for the foreseeable because it really is just an amazing service. It's just that one little bit, which is... Uh, Offline sync. If they had that, I'd be like, hallelujah, this is, you know, the holy grail of backend services because it really is just that good.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that Parse does well, probably the best of all the uh, mobile backends as a service, is user management. So I know with a lot of the platforms, it's really, really difficult to get a uh, user system in place, like a sign up, sign in type thing, authentication, it's really difficult, surprisingly difficult for a lot of the mobile backends um, as a service. But in Parse, it's literally a line of code, like it's, it's, you have an account object, or you have a user object. And it's literally as simple as dot sign in or dot sign up. And all these API's, of course, are async await compatible. And that's all you have to do. In my experience with Parse, that's one of the, like you said, one of the great advantages, you don't really have to worry about what it looks like behind the scenes. Like file storage in general is as simple as calling um, an extension method. It's not super complex. So parse is really, really good for getting uh, up and running. Say you need a, a, a backend, uh, you don't really want to care. You're not a backend developer. You don't really care that much about how your backend is configured or really works. You just need something that works. You need something quick. You need something easy. Parse is great for that. And they have great docs too. I think of the backends, they have maybe the best or the second best uh, documentation available. Um, And they have them, what I really love about the parse docs is it's not only, hey, here are the APIs and here's what they do. Not like, here's what this method does, uh, just so you know. It's like, here's a common user scenario. How do I attack this? And I think that's one of the great benefits is they have all these different use cases. You're like, okay, uh, I don't know how to sign up. I don't know how to store a file. Well, you can Google it and if you, you'll you land on their docs and they'll have that exact scenario detailed and you can integrate that right into your application. The Xamarin SDK they have is also pretty awesome because it has now has support for push notifications, which is huge. So that's a huge plus with, with the Parse Xamarin SDK. Before it did not, and as of recently, it's been updated to include that. And it also has support for a lot of the C-sharp features you would expect like Link. So it's nice to be able to query your data using links, so you can query, for example, your beer table or whatever, and look for beers that have a certain name or have a certain property. And I think that's really powerful because, like I said, you're comfortable in C-sharp, you're already building your app in C-sharp, and having a library to work with that's built for C-sharp developers by C-sharp developers is really, really powerful in terms of productivity. So yeah, Parse is a great solution. Uh, although I'm a little worried, your app is gonna uh, reveal to some people exactly how much beer they're drinking, which may scare them a little
1: bit. Yeah, I mean, just in the testing process, I've already found out that I drink probably a little too much beer. But uh, you know, I've got to test the app somehow. Yeah, you don't want to.
0: You don't want to use up all the storage just uh, storing all the beers you've drinking already. No. <laughs> Moving on to another backend. So parse in summary basically is a great option to get started. You don't know that much about backends. You don't really care that much about your backend. Maybe you're a one man shop or you're a small shop and you just want to get up and running, have a backend for your app as quickly as possible. That's pretty functional. Super good for proof of concepts, that sort of thing. And a very, very reasonable pricing plan. I think it's like, it's easily the most reasonable of all the pricing plans. I think you, in addition to all the data stuff, I don't know the exact numbers of transactions per second or whatever, but you also get, I think it's a million free push notifications a month, which is pretty amazing. So the pricing is non-prohibitive for sure. So that's Parse. If you've been following the Xamarin blog lately or uh, the Xamarin podcast, you know that I've been working on an application called Moments, which is a Snapchat clone built with Xamarin Forms and Microsoft Azure. So if you don't know what Snapchat is, that's okay. Um, A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. Snapchat is an application that is kind of embodies the millennial generation of selfies and forget talking to someone on a phone. I just want to text them and I want to send pictures of myself to them, Uh, selfies especially. What Snapchat is, it's basically just an app where you can send pictures and videos of up to 10 seconds uh, to people who are your friends and then they are destroyed because millennials make mistakes (laughs) and they want their content to be destroyed, even if it may not actually be destroyed, which seems to be the case with how the actual Snapchat app is implemented. But they want they want to feel good about uh, their, their content being deleted. So that's, that's what Snapchat is. And so I wanted to take this Snapchat concept and bring it to a Xamarin app and build it with Xamarin.Forms and Microsoft Azure. Because I wanted to support all these awesome platforms but I'm not that great at using Android, to be honest. It's a weak spot, like it is for Mike. And Xamarin Forms allows me to kind of hide those weak spots a little bit. With my backend, I needed a little bit more customization than I may have gotten with Parse. So I went with Azure, Microsoft Azure. And I, I got to tell you, I'm very, very pleased with my decision. For starters, the SDK is cross-platform. Every code, you all the code you write in regard to your Microsoft Azure backend communication on the front end with the back end, uh, can be done in a shared layer. So you can write it in a shared project or a PCL, and it can be shared on iOS, Android, Windows, you name it. Anything that that PCL supports, your Azure um, SDK is going to work with. So it's really, really cross-platform. And because it's written by Microsoft, obviously, C Sharp is a first-class citizen. So all the great features you would expect from C Sharp, you also get with the SDKs for, for Azure. And so when we talk about Azure... Specifically in relation to Xamarin, there's three main components and I'll kind of break them down and how they're used in the moments application, uh, which you can get by going to github.com forward slash pierce bogan forward slash moments, which we'll also have on in the show notes. And it's a great example, even if you don't want, obviously, a lot of people are it's as a pre built app. A lot of people aren't just going to take it and release it and make a few changes and release it under their own, although you're certainly welcome to because it's completely MIT. I think Moments is just a great application because it has all these little bits that you can take into your own application, and we'll cover some of those right now, uh, by components. So all these, there's three main components that are available via, or two main components that are available via the Xamarin Component Store and one NuGet. So there's the Azure Mobile Services component, which you may have heard of, and that's basically gonna allow you CRUD operations. Create, read, update, delete. All the basic things you'd expect with your backend, obviously right there. Mike mentioned a little bit about offline sync, Azure has offline sync built right into the Azure Mobile Services component. So if you need to add that offline support, which I would imagine many apps do, the Azure Mobile Services component is probably the way to go. There's a lot of people operating in low connectivity environments. And then in addition, I know, if, like you said, if, if you go in your basement, a lot of times you've suddenly lost all connection. Offline sync is certainly important, especially for those, that top echelon of quality of, of an application. So that's included in the component. Although I actually haven't implemented offline sync because I'm a terrible developer, Uh, but it's definitely coming in
1: moments. I'm not really sure that you need to put offline sync with moments. True. You know, that kind of app where you're sharing content with your friends, there is an expectation that you're going to be connected to the internet. You know, people aren't going to be like, oh, I can't share, you know, my moment with my Bezzy uh, whilst I'm on, you know, the Eurostar. Which, for those who don't know, Eurostar is a tunnel between England and France. It goes under the sea. You right. know, there are, there are times when you're not going to be connected, and there are some apps that I don't think need it. No, I totally agree. Which is why it's obviously wasn't in v1 a
0: moment. But I think there there are some additional benefits, like you can get some some like pseudo caching from that as well. So when they open the app, rather than you know having to wait for it to pull down from. From the, web, from the mobile backend as a service, it'll be right there. Obviously it'll refresh when it actually does pull it down, but that kind of helps a little bit with, with, uh, with the startup as well and making sure that your app has data in it. Worst case, I get that. Uh, best case, I have total offline sync and it works offline, which is amazing. There's also custom APIs available. With Moments, I needed to add some functionality. I wanted to do some extra things. Uh, receive something from the friends table. I wanted to fetch my friends. I wanted to fetch only certain parts of my friend. Obviously, I didn't want to fetch, you know, their username, password, all this other stuff. And I wanted, you can actually do this thing called custom APIs. And you can even update. So let me take a step back. On each table, you can create scripts in JavaScript for the insert, update, delete, and read operations. And you can alter that. And or you can also additionally have your own API uh, that you write in JavaScript to return things as well. So if you don't want to use the standard traditional CRUD table and you want to use scripts, then you can roll your own custom API. And so it wasn't totally necessary to do that with Moments, uh, but it wasn't much extra work. And I kind of wanted to mess around with the feature set of of Azure Mobile Services, so I gave it a try. And then the biggest thing that I've done that's probably unique and valuable as a sample is custom authentication. Uh, I can't take total credit for it. I took some code that I found somewhere else, which is credited in the README and used. That's always good, yay for open source. But I made a few tweaks. Azure actually has support in terms of authentication for social logins, for Azure Active Directory logins. And then finally for this third thing called custom auth, which is, say you're building an app like uh, like a Snapchat or like a Facebook or like a Twitter, you don't want the social integration. A user account may not be as important for, a user account is very important for this. So I needed custom authentication because I wanted to roll my own account system. I wanted to have a user table. I wanted to have an accounts table. I wanted all that. And so I had to handle all the authentication on a custom basis. It's actually not that hard when you have the code. And that's the great thing about Moments. And a lot of places, some of these things may have been a little more difficult before. You can just go grab the code and integrate it into your application. So custom authentication is one of the really great features of Moments. You can also do via the Azure Messaging component on the Xamarin Component Store push notifications. This is another thing I have planned for V2 of moments is when someone sends you a moment, I wanna notify that person with a push notification. Well, I can do that. I can actually even do that right from the create script for the moments table. So I can from that from that script say, hey, uh, whatever the ID of this person is that it's sent to, send them a push notification. That's really easy with the Azure messaging component. And then finally, I use the Azure storage NuGet. So you have to store all these images somewhere, at least temporarily, until people can view them. And the way you do that is via the Azure storage component. Now the Azure storage component can do a whole bunch of things. Uh, It can do stuff with queues, stuff with tables, but the way I use it in moments is with blobs. Images are a real big one, large amounts of text, that sort of thing you would want to store as a blob. It wouldn't be best stored in like a, a mobile service crud table. Azure Storage, there was an SDK announced for Xamarin at Build 2015, which we mentioned in the Build 2015 podcast, and I've been using that library to store all the images relating to moments, and it's been really, really easy. It's as easy as converting it into a stream and then passing it to the API, and the API handles the rest. It's really, really easy to do blob stuff with Azure Storage. It's probably, in terms of when you factor in everything in terms of storage, in terms of ease of use, in terms of functionality, it's... I think it's the best file storage API available. There's lots of options for permissions and that sort of thing. Like you can set a container to be public, private, that sort of thing. And you can even set specific permissions for a particular blob. So there's a lot of file management stuff you can do there. In addition, I'm working on getting this. This was built originally as a, uh, when you create a, a new Azure backend, you can create it as a JavaScript backend or a .NET backend. And when I first created it, I created it with the JavaScript backend. But I've been working on changing it over to a .NET backend. So soon in V two of Moments, along with the other cool stuff that I talked about a little bit, it's going to be a completely .NET backend. And so it uses Web API to service all of this data. And I can work with the language I'm already familiar with. I can work with C sharp not only on the front end in my actual apps for iOS, Android, and Windows, but on the back end as well. So that's a huge productivity increase, especially because I'm so bad at JavaScript. I'm terrible, but now it's going to be all in C sharp, so that's a huge benefit. But overall, I've really loved Azure. Certainly, it does some things in a little too complex of a way. Parse is obviously much simpler for doing things that honestly shouldn't be hard. If if something should be easy and not hard, if you don't want to overthink it and you don't want to don't really care about how it's architected on the back end and that sort of thing, then Parse is the way to go. But if you really want that fine level of control and a complete feature set, I think Azure is a way to go. So it really depends on what type of application you build. I don't think there's all there's necessarily always a right answer for what mobile backend as a service should you go with your app. Like this app probably could have built been built with Oracle just as easily. I don't know about the file storage APIs in there yet, but the rest of the stuff could easily be done via that. All the backends have their obviously their pros and cons, but it really just depends what your app is going for. If you're just, you know, trying to get an app going as quickly as possible, building a proof of concept, or building something that just has a little bit of data but not too much, you might want to go with parse or something especially push notification centric because of the pricing model. But if you're going for something more feature complete, you might want to go with something like Azure or Oracle. Moments, obviously tons of updates coming uh, in V2. V1 is a really good example. All that's open source. You can actually fork your own. And Azure has this really cool thing where you can clone your actual backend uh, using Git and you can edit it on your desktop and then you can commit back to it. So I've taken advantage of this and you can create your own Azure mobile service and then you can clone my repo, add in the files for the moments uh, backend, commit them and you have your moments backend. Uh, So that's pretty cool. So you can get up and running with your own Snapchat clone uh, with very minimal effort. I think it's like 15 or 20 minutes usually on average. So that's really, really cool. Really is a good example of a lot of the different things that Xamarin.Forms can do. And I recommend you check it out, in addition to all the benefits for Azure. That's kind of a conclusion for all the an overview of the mobile backends as a service options you have as a Xamarin developer. Like I said, all them great options just depends on what type of app you're building. Today we talked a little bit about the, or- the new Oracle Mobile Cloud Service, Oracle MCS, partnership between Oracle and Xamarin. Mike told us a little bit about his app on beer drinking that's built using Parse. And then I told you a little bit about Moments, which is built using Microsoft Azure. So with that, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan. And I'm Mike James. See you next time.